0: The only way to get more competent or to head towards mastery is time. That is probably one of the biggest pieces that we're talking about today is really understanding that you need time to be able to play the long game. Welcome to the Influence by Design podcast. I'm Samantha Riley, authority positioning strategist for coaches and experts. If you're ready to build a business that gives you more than just a caffeine addiction and you dream of making more money, having more time and having the freedom to be living your best life, then you're in the right place. It's time to level up. Welcome to today's episode of Influence by Design. I'm your co-host for today, Samantha Riley, and joined by the lovely Tim Hyde. How are you today, Tim?
1: I am doing much better. Thank you, Sam. I'm, I'm more mobile than I have been in weeks. Uh, my ankle is getting better for those of our wrestler, regular listeners who <laughs> heard that how broken I had been
0: Oh, my lately. goodness. And I've seen so some changes broken. in you
1: this year as well, Sam. You are not in your customary <laughs> black uniform. You're in a wonderful shade of green today, which really suits.
0: Thank you. Well, oh, thank ha- you very look, much. I We're recording that. on
1: Valentine's Day, so happy Valentine's Day, work wife.
0: We are. Happy Valentine's Day to you too. P.S. If you catch me out in public, I will still definitely 100% be wearing black. (laughs) (laughs) But we're not talking about clothes today. Today we're going to cover a topic that you brought to the table because you were watching an episode or some episodes of a show that I haven't actually heard of for ages, The Prophet.
1: Well, that's right. That's mostly because uh, it hasn't been on air for a few years now. It, it, I
0: was going to say last, it's a bit retro or a bit vintage. The last
1: season was in 2019, but I um, it was a show that I used to watch a lot on Foxtel and i syndicated from CNBC and uh, really enjoyed it. It was one of those kind of, probably one of the earlier entrepreneurial shows that sort of made it onto telly where, you know, the experienced entrepreneur would go into failing businesses and kind of you know, fix up their people processes or, 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 you know, profitability and completely turn them around, okay? And in this this instance, the uh, the billionaire in question is Marcus Lamonis, who's a
0: mm-hmm.
1: very successful entrepreneur in the US. And, I, and, again, I hadn't thought about it for years, um, but I reference it in one of my – in an email in, in uh, my onboarding process as well and happened to stumble across it just at complete random uh, on YouTube, Right, they've got little ten minute, ten minute shorts on YouTube, and I sort of got into it again. Right, I was like binge watching. <laughs> like, oh, that's another one, and there's another one, and it was interesting that there was a commonality pretty much in all of the businesses that needed, you know, a rescue or a turnaround. Um, and I'm kind of even reflecting on like, well, you know, how does this affect the real world? Okay, let's pretend that you know, not this is. I mean, they've been carefully curated, obviously to. To be the right businesses, but in almost all of the cases uh, in the profit, and I've seen the same things on on other shows, um, they have left things too late mm. to ask for help.
0: It's that right? like ostrich in the sand, you know, the head in the sand syndrome, isn't it? It's like yeah, absolutely. I and I'm
1: kind of like just you know, hope it will on go the away. I've had with the clients about you know, particularly from marketing context, it's like oh my god, I need I need leads yesterday, right? And mm. what are the commonalities? And but and more so, like I mean, I'm really curious to know. Well, if if businesses and business owners are generally leaving stuff too late, why? And what are the warning signs that we could potentially be aware of in advance that maybe things aren't necessarily on track, and it's time to ask for a little bit of help sooner
0: mm. Mm. You know,
1: when you've still I got capacity that, to pivot and change.
0: Yeah, and I think that's the really important part right there is. Having enough time up your sleeve to be able to do something about it because I've seen it, you've seen it, where someone, when they finally ask for help, it's like it's that last-minute SOS and at that, at that time it's just too late. There's not enough runway to actually do anything. So, you know, nothing's ever absolute But you want to be able to give yourself as much runway as possible because you can always, there can always be things that can be done.
1: Yeah. I mean, I would would absolutely love it if all of my clients came to me with a position of success and, like, you know, hey, we're thinking about doing this, but we need some help executing as opposed to, you know, hey, can you bring me some clients yesterday? I mean, we can do some miracles, Mm. but... (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to pay pay wages tomorrow. (laughs) But I know know for you, Sam, and
1: and your clients, a lot of that's the same, right? Some people come to a position of kind of real baseline stability and Mm -hmm. need help in taking the next level. And others Mm -hmm. come from a position of a bit of desperation, going everything I've tried is not working and you are my last hope, Obi-Wan.
0: Mm, mm. Yeah. yeah, we don't work with it very many people like that. That's not the the usual. So it's kind of people that are pivoting or starting something new. Generally, uh, yes, but they're still kind of not in a position of I've got one month and help me. It has happened before, and yeah, it's it's doable, but it's only a band aid.
1: Yeah, it's it's very stressful. Anyway, I thought it would be a great topic for conversation to actually drill into. What are the the warning signs that maybe you should be aware of and not gloss over, right? To to you know become more successful Mm. is overnight success a thing or not a thing? Mm. Uh, What should be looking out for that maybe you can address and how you can address that so you don't necessarily get into a position of desperation and have to bring an administrator in to kind of take over and get you out of a big hole that you don't want to be in.
0: Absolutely. So this conversation is about navigating and thinking about all of these things so that that thought never has to happen of, oh, my goodness. Let's talk about overnight success because it is a thing if you look at it as um, a business owner that implements something that does really well. What it doesn't show is that there is usually some sort of systems or runway or foundations is probably a better word in place for that overnight success to happen. So it's not the, that overnight success isn't in, I was going to say like in a the silo, there's this rest of the story that comes before it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, look even even winning lotto when there was a you know delightful 200 million dollar you know lottery jackpot go off the other day in Australia but you know even even an overnight success having won 200 million dollars isn't really an overnight success because you had to go and pre plan and buy the ticket in advance right
0: mm-hmm.
1: right so just about everything requires some forethought and time to execution uh and more so in business it takes time to get where you, where you want to go. I um, One of my uh, early mentors, um, who I'll call out Paul McCarthy, who's a, a wonderful marketing coach and, and speaker, used to sort of describe this thing that he, he would put, you know, as, as part of his speaking presentations, he would draw a line on a whiteboard and said, you know, up here on the right-hand end, that's expert, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. On the left-hand end is novice, and somewhere in the middle is, is competent, right? And I want mm-hmm. you to put and, – and try this exercise yourself, Right. Um, put a line, you know, an X somewhere on that line that says where you are in terms of how good you are at what you do, Mm -hmm. okay? And most people will go, I'm at least competent, and if you're reasonably humble, you will not quite be an expert.
0: Yeah, so most people would be around like the 75% along the line. Yeah, most
1: people put themselves at the 75%. I think we all recognise if we're at least good at what we do, we also recognise that there's more we can learn, Right.
0: He mm-hmm, um,
1: mm-hmm. then says, okay, well, that's great. Everyone's probably put an X up there and everyone's going, you know, everyone's nodding like this, going, yes, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then he says, now put another X on the line um, where you are at telling people how good you are at what you do. Oh. Okay. Now, you, you can probably fill in the gaps here, Sam. Where do you think people Yeah, most
0: people-
1: <laughs> X, right? most yeah people I'm guessing put it's going to between- be like the <laughs> – that the other way right? the Now, if the that, i would have thought <laughs> okay somewhere between novice and, and competent all right now most people think that if you just become a better expert that people that someone suddenly somewhere will recognize your unbridled genius and buy from you
0: mm-hmm. right mm-hmm.
1: not generally the case we just need to be at least you know we need to be competent ideally in both obviously you know being an expert at telling people that you are incompetent is not really a great place to be
0: no, let's not even cover that one off because but, you know you, you've that's got to get the to this people level around here
1: competence in what it is you do, and not just in the thing you deliver, right? But also in telling people that you're at least competent in what you do. Most people don't mm. need an expert, right? They just want someone mm. who's competent and capable to deliver the outcome that they expect to do. And I think someone this is that's the a thing few about, steps
0: ahead of them is the thing.
1: Yeah, you know and that's the that's the you know the adage about you must spend 10,000 hours to be an expert well, You don't really need to spend 10,000 hours you just need to be competent right if i go to a yeah. dentist i just don't want them to stuff it up i'd want them to be at least competent
0: mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. okay you know if i get someone into my lawns, i want someone who's competent i don't need to get out with a pair of you know micro scissors and cut every single blade of grass at a particular 45 degree angle for optimum,
0: <laughs> optimum, light,
1: you know, the curator like of the
0: MCG isn't what you're looking for. <laughs>
1: That's right. Okay, I just want someone who's, I just want someone who's competent. And I think the same is the same is true in business. As much as we think this ten thousand hour thing, that ultimately we just want to be. You know, your customers just want to know that you're at least competent in what you do, and you've got to get better at that, in many mm. ways.
0: Mm. The only way to get more competent or to head towards mastery or aim for mastery, the only thing that helps with that is time. Mm. And I think that that is probably one of the, the biggest pieces that we're talking about today is really understanding that you need time, you need to be patient, you need to be consistent to be able to play the long game that we all know and we've all heard business isn't a sprint, but every now and again, we want business to be a sprint, right? We think it's going to be different for us, but it's not. It's it's a marathon.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, just coming back to that competent thing, right, when we get into business, generally we're very good at the thing that we deliver to customers, mm-hmm. right? So it might be coaching, it might be fixing taps, it might be, uh, you know teaching people and identifying what they need for their diet it might be marketing i mean who knows okay it might be writing and reading whatever,
0: whatever that deliverable whatever it is for
1: you right you're gonna be generally speaking you're really good at the thing that your company delivers but we very quickly learn when we get into business that there are so many other disciplines that we need to be good at mm-hmm. okay mm. you know we need to be good at people management we need to be good at finances we need to be good at strategic planning and and, you know, maybe just that little bit of sort of foresight over the horizon for what's coming. We need to be good at, uh, you know, HR. We need to be good at client relationship management. We need to be good at tech. We need to be at legal. You know, there's all these other disciplines. And again, you know, thinking about that sort of measure of competence, I think the where I see big people get in trouble and certainly was a consistent theme in all the, the profit episodes um, was that whilst people might be really good at, one part of it, they probably haven't acknowledged that they're not good at the other bits, and Mm. that's what's tripped them up.
0: Absolutely. So let's talk about that. How, and I guess there's two parts to this, because we all know what we're good at, right, and we all know the bits that we're not so good at, but how do we recognise the warning signs that those things that we're not so good at have got a creep? That they're creeping up; that our business might be veering off course a little bit, because what I see a lot is people putting their head in the sand about those things that they're not good at, and then all of a sudden it's like really looming and it's too late. And that's essentially one of the things that that you were seeing in in the show when Marcus Lamonis goes in. A lot of you know they're in that position, right? So, what are some warning signs that people see?
1: Well, I mean, he, he talks a lot. He has a sort of three thing rule, right? And and I think there's probably more than than three, but let's, let's just pick, you know, three that that often come up in the show. It's either, um, people issues, right? Mm-hmm. Um, profit issues, and that means your financial management, or your process stuff, mm-hmm. right? What is the process by which you do it? And and often, you know, there, there's an interrelationship, I think, between each of them. But let's just pick, say, the, the profit one as an example. I think not. Probably a couple that I would throw up, and I'm sure you can add some to this as well, Sam. Um, First one I think is robbing people Peter to pay Paul. Mm Okay, you know, borrowing money from maybe your tax account because you've got an invoice due, not understanding you you know your cash flow and having money available when you know a customer invoice comes to you. A lot of that comes back to actually not potentially understanding what your margins are. You know, Mm -hmm. are you actually Mm -hmm. making enough money? To cover all the expenses that your business actually has. If you're in a position where you haven't looked at your accounts for a few months, right, that would be an absolute winning form. If you're telling yourself that it's okay that you've got, because you've got a bookkeeper and an accountant, but you never meet with them to talk about your cash flow and your finances, that to me is a warning sign that you just do not understand the financials in your business that ultimately you're responsible for.
0: Mm. it's interesting that you mentioned that because I was having a conversation with someone just on social media the other day that a lot of people do have those conversations with their accountant or expect actually it's probably something different they expect their accountant to bring up some of these things but don't expect that your accountant's going to tell you this like you do need to know it with without your accountant telling you, because there's many accountants that don't pass that information on. They just fill out your paperwork and and send it through. There's a really good episode. I had Michael Walk on episode 547 of the podcast. I'll link it up in the show notes below, where he talked about fueling business growth and profitability and the different numbers that you need to pay attention to in your business, uh, because it is something that you do need to have a small understanding in at least, you know, I'm the first person to put my hand up and say the financial part of my business is the bit that I hate the most. It's the bit that I really don't enjoy, (laughs) but, you know, I still do every month reconcile my accounts probably not as often as I should. And I I generally do have some sort of idea of what's going on.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's an important thing. And, and, you know, I love Michael's approach because he really simplifies it down. I interviewed you know, Michael, on, on my podcast, average at more clients, less effort as well. And, you know, just basing it down, going, okay, understand what the ratios are, right? Understand that when you, you know, whatever your top line revenue is that you sell to a client is not the actual money you make, right? Mm. So if you need to suddenly come up with $10,000 in your business to pay for something, you know, pay the tax office, take it out yourself, it's not $10,000 top line that you need to make. Right? It's mm. not $10,000 in invoices. It's more than that because there are expenses attached to doing those invoices, right?
0: The amount of times big. I need to explain this to people is astounding that, yeah, there are costs in your business. There is there is tax obligations. There are, you know, there's insurance. There's different, you know, there's your software. There's There's so many costs and you need to know what those costs are so that you know to account for those.
1: That's right. You know, if you're making $10,000 a month, you know, top line revenue, you know, you've sent out $10,000 in invoices, doesn't mean that you get to spend $10,000 on groceries and school fees.
0: Mm,
1: it's, a totally. lot, it's a lot less.
0: Yes. The joys yeah. of business.
1: Understand your profitability of your business. That's probably a really key one. If you don't understand it, uh, I think it's, it's probably you have an obligation to invest some time Uh, and probably education into getting a better understanding. If your accountant doesn't talk to you about this, ask them to help you with a cash flow forecast. Um, Mm. If that's not something they do, go and find an appropriate person like Michael or someone else uh, who can, you know, who can talk you through what you should be looking at and how often you should be looking at it.
0: Yeah. Years ago, I felt like I didn't really have a grasp of some of this stuff, and I paid my bookkeeper to sit down with me for the day, and we and we went through everything, went through how you know what went where, why, how to read things, and it was oh so helpful. It was the best thing I ever did, because here's the thing: when you understand it, it's not so dark anymore. You don't have to it's keep shoving scary. it under the yeah. You don't have to keep shoving it under the rug because it's like oh okay, it's not that hard now. I get it.
1: Um, I'm going to throw this one to your expertise, Sam. Let's talk about people. What are the what are the early warning signs that you're getting off track with your people?
0: And are you talking team or are you talking are you, customers?
1: Well, let's well, let's do both. Let's let's start with your team, and then we'll look at customers as well. Because I think mm. you raise an interesting point. When are getting off <laughs> track with your customers?
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're all people. Um, I think with your team, something to note. Well. Just the way they show up or notice that there's any changes in communication, that's usually a warning sign that something's going on. It could be that they're taking a lot of time off. It could be that you're noticing a lot of mistakes happening, but generally you're looking out for anything that is causing a friction point at somewhere, and usually a friction point that wasn't there before.
1: Mm. I think it's one of those. This is probably the area that you you're going to allow a much more grey line, right? That line in the sand is going to be a lot more amorphous, I guess, when you've got dea- when you're dealing with people because you might say, "Oh, they're just having an off day," you know. Oh, and they're just having another off day, and they're just having another off day, and you kind of lose sight of the fact that maybe that's well, that's three strikes. I think whatever the number, whatever the Threshold is, you need to kind of set some parameters around it and go, you know, is this showing a pattern of behavior
0: Mm. or is this
1: a one off incident? Right. And don't move that line, whatever that line happens to be. Now, if you happen to notice that three times in a month, one of your staff members is, you know, an hour late, that's more indicative of a pattern, not just Mm -hmm. a kind of isolated incident. And that's probably something that needs to be jumped on really, really quickly.
0: Yeah, and I'm not talking about, and I'm not sure the way you were taking that, but I'm not talking about this in jumping on it and going, hey, you know, there's this thing going wrong. For us in our team, it's always reaching out and going, hey, is everything okay? We've noticed this thing, what's going on? And nine times out of 10, they'll tell you, oh, this thing's going on in our private life, or, you know, there's this other thing, and it's, you know, then it gives you an opportunity to say, well, like, why don't you take some time off? Or that system's obviously not working. Let's take a look at it. Or, you know, you're um you're being bullied by that other team member. It it helps you to understand what the symptom of that behavior is.
1: Yeah. I'm mean, you're absolutely true. We're dealing with people here. And as much as we'd love to treat all of our employees like robots. They're not.
0: They're not. <laughs> like they're real people with they're real, real people. lives and do, outside you know, and, of work. And they do have
1: stuff that they bring from home that affects their work. Um, but, yeah, we need to be understanding of that as well. But you, you're right. You know, let's, let's approach it with some empathy. But, again, go, you know, hey, if, if things aren't working, work out what the threshold is for you that you're going to say, I need to address this. Because if it continues to go unaddressed, right, you're actually sort of starting to build a culture of stuff that people can, you know, everyone else will go, well, Frank's coming in late all the time or Frank's work mm. is always really shoddy or, you know, Frank's taking 16 smokos an hour and long lunches. And, and, then I and will And seems to be done. So maybe we can do that as well. And, and again, what we're looking for is what are the early warning signs that could yeah. potentially change stuff. And your people, I think, really wrap into the culture of productivity in in your workplace.
0: I think there's more than just noticing the warning signs. I think it's also about um implementing regular checkups or regular check-ins even if you don't see warning signs because people's motivators change over time. And as you just mentioned before, we're dealing with real people that have got real, you know, lives and families and dreams outside of working for us so it's really important to be constantly checking in hey how's everything going how are you feeling what's going on you know what are you working towards what you know what are your goals at the moment what are your dreams so it's not just about noticing when bad things happen it's also about getting in front of them
1: yeah um if you were starting to see some of these in your business sam where would hypothetically you turn Mm -hmm. to for help if you're seeing some of these things
0: First, it's about reaching out and having conversations with these people. But if it needed to go past that, it would be someone with some sort of expertise in um, HR or leadership. It's who else, who can I reach out to that has the skill set that maybe I'm missing or the foresight to see what I can't. Uh, So to me it would be, yeah, some sort of leadership position or HR.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. The only other one I'd potentially add on there is if you've got a performance management person and you know typically mm-hmm. you'll see that uh, combined with you know hr and all leadership um kind of coaches um yeah, a good business coach like yourself mm-hmm. Sam would also be able to help, sort of help and, and give you strategies around that particular stuff in terms of building and managing your team dynamic and making sure mm-hmm. you are the most mm-hmm. Let's yeah, turn KD. to let's turn to the third area of of, of warning signs as off that you might be off track. And this one's probably uh the hardest one to identify, uh, and that's process. How do you uh-huh. identify that your processes are not delivering what you need them to do?
0: Mm. So for me, I think that a warning sign that processes aren't working is if when something doesn't happen, the same every time. So if someone has to step in because something's gone wrong, um, and you're right, this is sometimes a little bit harder to to find because it could you could be in a position where your clients or your customers aren't telling you. So that makes it extremely tricky because yeah. <laughs> um, because they're not always able to be seen. But again, you're looking for signs where people have to step in because something's gone wrong.
1: Yeah, I think one of the other ones that I would throw up there, you know from a process perspective, and process is really about efficiency in your business. More mm-hmm. than anything else, it's how efficient are you delivering an outcome? Would be how often are your team coming to you uh, and almost like an FAQ, right? What is the thing that they keep coming to you to solve
0: mm.
1: or keep expecting you to do? And you've you gone, this is really frustrating. What we'll edit that yeah,
0: yeah. out.
1: <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> you know, but if you start taking some notes, on what am my team coming to me on a regular basis to solve, or where do I need to step in on a regular basis to fix something as either an operational capability or a deliverable to a client? That is probably an early indication. And again, look at this stuff that keeps coming up, documented, and go. You know, keep a bit of an issues register and go. How often does this come up? How often does this keep coming up? And that will tell you again where the potentially early warning signs of something that's not necessarily working. And if left unaddressed, will have ongoing impact in your business and start to derail a bunch of other stuff as well.
0: I can give you a really basic and tiny example of this that happened to me this week. And this isn't something big, but it's an example of how a spotlight can be shone on something that's not working very well. And I'd sent out a document to um, a whole heap of people for um, an event that we're putting together, and this this particular line in the document, our team had rewritten, or put our heads together, and rewritten quite a few times. So obviously, we weren't quite sure how to word it in the first place. Yeah. But know that we didn't get it right when someone, the first person that reached. The uh, that read this document had to reach out and say, oh, you've made a mistake in here. And then the second person reached out and went, we don't understand what you're talking about. And then the third person reached out and it's like, get on slack to the whole team and go, right, we've got a problem here. The first three people that have read this document don't understand this. This needs to be rewritten straight away. Now, whilst that wasn't specifically a big process it kind of was in a way because we needed people to take a certain step of action or a certain course of action and by them reaching out and saying this doesn't make sense or you've made a mistake means that it wasn't easily understood there was something going wrong so Mm -hmm. so have a look at or or start to notice where the spotlights are being shone by people asking questions and and understand if they're asking a question something needs to be fixed there's something that we can do even better
1: yeah and it was not you running that particular division or part of your business, have your team leads do it as well, right? Have Mm. them record this process and go, what is the thing? What are the questions that they keep getting asked? Because that's, you know, that's an indication as well. I think if I was to look for help in this particular space, Sam, again, I mean, this is probably where we, we you know, we, you and I overlap a little bit, um, depending on the nature of it, you know, get your business coach in to help you. And if you don't have one, you know, hit Sam up, get your kind of systems process automation engineering, right? Because we're really good at now what, and now what, and what should come next, right? That's kind yeah. of goes into the thinking, um, get a system specialist in, right? You know, there's, there's people out there. You know, like Dave Jennings from Systemology and stuff mm. like that, who are, who are experts in helping you design and document your systems and processes so that you can get a repeatable outcome. And if you don't, again, you're going to find this starts to affect other areas of your business as well.
0: Absolutely. If you don't understand systems and what we're talking about doesn't make sense, then the two books that I'd recommend reading are Systemology by David Jennings. His authority positioning is top because I'd already had his name in my head before you mentioned his name. Um, And the other book is The E Myth by Michael Gerber. And both of those books are very, very good at helping you to understand what systems are and what sort of systems or what sort of thoughts you need to put into place. To be able to get those systems up and running.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna throw one more in the in the the list from uh uh someone I interviewed this morning, actually. So yeah. Chris Ward has written a book called Win the Hour, Win the Day. And again, mm-hmm. very much systems driven. So that if you can kind of work out a system to kind of, you know, control my hour, the whole day just flows in, you know, gets into to place after that. So another Ooh, really
0: great love book. that idea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, let's do the whole day in an hour. That sounds even better. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds
1: fantastic. Right? Going to get long lunches every single day and knock off early and put our feet up. <laughs> right? And then yeah. watch Ted Lasso episodes of The Profit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Tim's just only got into Ted Lasso. It's such a good series. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll get
1: there. Get there.
0: <laughs> so I think that in summary, it's really important to take a look at those three areas that Tim mentioned the people, the profit and the processes. And don't put your head in the sand. Really, if you don't truly understand something, there are tons of resources out there, but get someone in to help you, get someone to come in and coach you or support you, You know, whether it's, it's a peer or whether it's um, bringing on a coach or a mentor, because our business can only grow to the capacity that we feed it. And if we're starving it of some areas, then it can't grow.
1: Yeah. And look, I, 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 and I've I, said this before on, on this show as well, right? Measure. What gets mm. measured gets managed. Mm. If you don't measure it, it will not be managed and might come up and bite you in the ass.
0: Mm. There we go. <laughs> Tim, thanks so much for having this conversation. It's a conversation that is not as exciting as some, but it's it's one that we, that really needs to be had. and um, we want to make sure that we're growing profitable businesses that thrive, that have life, that grow and that can that we can scale. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and we'll catch you next week on another episode of Influence by Design. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Influence by Design podcast. If you want more, head over to influencebydesignpodcast.com for the show notes and links to today's gifts and sponsors. And if you're looking to connect with other experts who are growing and scaling their business too, join us in the coaches, thought leaders, and change makers community on Facebook. The links are waiting for you over at influencebydesignpodcast.com. Thank yeah. you.